Breaking through with Olam. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city. This is jam, jam hot. This is jam, jam hot. Welcome along to episode 16 of my hit podcast show, Breaking Through with Olam. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking to Damien Walsh. Not only is Damien an accomplished DJ producer with a, an amazing back catalogue of tracks, is also the key founder and participant of the hugely successful Isla White festival tent, Electro Love. I'm going to be asking Damien about the early days of the Electro Love tent. I'm also going to go on to cover about the Great Wonder Fest that's going to be occurring in August this year. We're going to talk about some of the key things that goes into hosting a festival, what it's like to work as a massive team, where the success comes from, where the minefields are, and some of the additional information that's really pertinent for anybody looking to put on their own event. So I hope you enjoyed the interview. Don't forget to subscribe, review, and carry on listening to Breaking Through with Olem. You can follow Olem on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and listen on SoundCloud, Mixcloud and iTunes. So Damien, thanks for doing this. Could you perhaps tell me a little bit about your backstory? Um, a backstory in events, yeah? Yourself, you know, where, how you came about. So just a little bit about your musical background, perhaps, and how you got okay. into music. I um, basically was taught to read and write music by my dad who is a brass band musician, <laughs> for all the craziness out there. Um, yeah, and, and, and I just took up instruments and, and sort of like really learned to um, play things and joined a band when I was 19, did all that kind of thing. Uh, and then moved generally into Ableton after all that and, and started producing music and, uh, and writing songs and things like that really. I mean, I don't always, write under my own name I write for other people and, and, and do remixes and stuff like that but yeah from the beginning my dad taught me how to play the trumpet that's the basis of it so you briefly mentioned that you've wrote for other artists I mean are there any that you you know you care to share um I think I, I've done some great remixes I like everybody else entering into competitions and things like that I've um, uh, done a Bonavere competition and I've done a Killer Keller uh, competition. I won that one. Um, I've done a Moby competition as well. Um, 
I, 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 there was a couple of years where I, I really, really had a really great studio set up, and um, yeah, I, I just entered every competition like you do. You're young, and you want to, you want to win them all, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I'd like to win some. So, uh, as a successful artist, with uh, as I see from your SoundCloud uh, page, over 21 or so releases that I, you know, I went through. Was it a natural progression to to go into uh, events to, uh, as a way of showcasing what you could do? Um, I think it is, but I, I, this is this is a funny thing. I, I never play any of my music wherever I, I DJ and stuff. I just don't. Uh, I think it's for me. It's something that I enjoy doing. Uh, I like that other people like it. I'm also not really bothered if people don't like it. I, I don't think I'm one of the greatest. Um, you know, musicians as, as to dance at all. Um, a lot of the stuff I was asked to do uh, in that kind of field, so I did it. But my chill step stuff was a bit different and it's not to everybody's taste. So I don't really get to play loads of it. Um, um, but again, I never really toured there and I never sort of played out there. I, I play some great gigs um, being a DJ and stuff, but I, I don't always play my own stuff, no. So, oh. you know, it's... It's not really a natural progression. I, I, I've DJed for many, many years, but I think if you've listened to some of the stuff that I play, it's quite because I'm, I'm a more of a party DJ, you know, get the crowd and stuff. Some of my stuff's a little bit like, you know, it, it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't get a party going, that's for sure. But wow. yeah, I mean, I guess um, working in events, you kind of, you kind of, um, you, you meet people and they kind of give you ideas of what you could do. Yeah, yeah. How did you get into events then? I mean, if, if you think back to your early days, what what spurred you to get into it, you know, and who, was there anybody instrumental in guiding you in those early days? Well, you're breaking up a bit there, but I think, I think you asked me, um, how did I get into events? Well, basically, um, I used to um, have a really tiny little night on the Isle of Wight called Head Funk many years ago. And um, we got offered a set, which was at Isle of Wight Festival called Disco 2000, the tent called Disco 2000. And um, I, I was just literally setting up and um, playing, I think it was like an hour before, and there was nobody in there, it was a closed tent. And a guy came around the corner and said to me, oh mate, what, you know, it's, it's great music you play. I was actually playing James Blake, um, Limit to Your Love. And, uh, and it was just because, it was a it was a twenty five k rig, you know what I mean? You're gonna wait for that bass to come in, aren't you? Just go, yeah. sound man, just going crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and and this guy came around the corner. He just said to me, "Oh, what are you doing tonight?" And I said, "Oh no, this is my only set. I've only got an hour set here on, in this big tent, and there'll be about three people here, so that's fine. That's it." He said, "Oh, why don't you come and um, party with me and, and and DJ in my tent, which was Tangerine Fields, which was a private sort of yeah, area. yeah, I know that, yeah, yeah." So that was my first uh, introduction, really, into partying at Isle of Wight Festival. And uh, obviously, from there on for, onwards, the guy that sort of like gave me that slot, we worked together all the time, Aaron Baker. Um, yeah, we, all the time we worked together on Isle of Wight and stuff like that. And, you know, he he sort of dragged me into V-Dub and things like that. I mean, he's been great. Yeah, he's the, the guy that sort of like really sort of gave me the opportunity. Yeah. So as the Tangerine, you know, because I'm uh, Isle of Wight regular, I, I know about the, the Tangerine field. So how do you move from there 
into without... Yeah, I know what you mean. I can answer you. Right, so I, I know what you're saying. How do you go from such a small tent to an enormous tent at, at Isle of Wight? So it was it took a few years. I mean, obviously, me and Ayers did Tangerine together and stuff like that. At the same time, um, I knew uh, Annie Horn, who was doing um, Hip Shaker at the time. Uh, she had side projects like, um, I think it was called Twisted Takeover or Twisted Tea Rooms. Um, and it was jazz. I'm really into jazz and that sort of like orchestral sound stuff. So I did some sort of swing jazz in there for her. And, and people just got to know me. And then um, Ez got me a great gig on one of the years, which was the football. And I played at the top of the football um, video screen, just part, doing banging out house. I mean, what you've got to understand is we've, we've, we've been at Isle of Wight Festival for a good, you know, people sort of think, well, how long's Electric Love going? This is our fifth year there. But we've been working at um, Isle of Wight Festival for a good 12, 13 years you know, in the back that people don't know. And then one day we were at a party, the Inez, and someone just said, we were actually just doing normal dance house music. And someone said, oh, can you play some 80s? You know, we want to dance to some 80s. He was like, okay. And we just kind of like thought, do you know what? What if we just like pitched an idea? Because obviously by, by this time we know people at the top. What about, you know, but not very well, but just on a text or an email. What about if we pitched the ideas to do an 80s tent? just predominantly 80s we'll all dress up uh, and basically we pitched it and it came back and they said we really like the idea but you're gonna have to fund it yourself so we went to uh, a friend of ours and that's why there's three people involved in Electro Love there's myself Aaron Baker um, and James as well who nicknamed Jabba um, and he and he um, they were they were all great DJs within themselves and you know we all just got together and said look let's let's put this thing on and, and the first year we did Electro Love at Isle of Wight it was a it was a wedding marquee tent that's all we could afford really to be honest that's, that that was it it wasn't it wasn't where it is normally it was towards the campsite um, which we'd always wanted to be in the campsite because the campsite means that you can go later hours. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I feel that we're more of a party tent. We could probably go till three, four o'clock in the morning. Oh, easy. Finish it. Yeah, when, when we finish it too, people are not ready to go. You know, we know that. We've always wanted to go in the campsite. But all we could afford was a wedding marquee, a few bits of strips of neon, things like that that we put in there, a few friends that played bands. And, you know, and we all DJed all weekend. Um, I've got a good friend, um, Reno. He just DJed between the bands. And, and it just came together and, and, and that sort of whole concept came together. We didn't have any really massive props or anything because we didn't have any money. And then it was really successful. So year two, Solo, which is John Giddens and everyone, just sort of said, look, guys, this is massive. They absolutely love this. You're the most popular tent. We need to be, put you in a bigger tent. And, th and that's what happened. We moved from that one to the, well, I think it was a bit smaller, the first one. Uh, now it's um, three and a half thousand or something like that in there. It's it's just great fun. Yeah, I mean, it is built off that everybody lo everyone loves to dance, right? And everyone loves the uh, the whole eighties thing. But one of the, one of the things that kind of like is really good for us is that we do do that. Everyone dresses up. You know, I'm dressed up. Ayers is dressed up. Reno's dressed up. 
um, all of our staff are, even our AL girls that have to go and drive the buggies in with the artists, like top loader and stuff, they're wearing, they're wearing Heidi High outfits, you know, bless them. And, and, and it just portrays that sort of like fun element that comes with it. So we don't ever have any hassle in there. We don't have any grief. It's very, it's very camp in there, you know. There's pink flamingos everywhere. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a brilliant tent to party and it really is. It's just great. Uh, I, yeah. I knew when I sent these questions over, there was no way on earth that I'd get through them all without going off on a tangent. So I'm going to have to pick through because you yeah, can't go on then. Out of it. Can yeah, I, go on. What, what's good is that it's, it's moved quite quickly, you know, and just to reflect on some of the stuff you said as, a, as somebody who attends there, it's how I start my evening, it's how I end my evening. And do you know what? If the festival's been a bit crap, it's it's kind of you, you know what you're getting at the Electro Love. You, know, you go in there, and I think I mentioned in the email to you that uh, maybe a year or two ago, when I got, you know just before I got engaged, I, I found myself having a breakdance competition with a twelve-year-old. You know, it's just like where on earth, you know, could could you do that other than that ten? It was just like, you know, it's just immense what you can do. So. I'm quite impressed looking through the timeline of how you know how you started and how you progressed to, to you know you and your team and that's something I want to touch on now is about the enormity of the team. So thinking about what goes into putting that together, I mean, how big yeah. is the team? Um, I would say between 25 and 30 strong. We have a build team that go in there um, on the Saturday and they start putting the scaffold up and then the tent goes up and then the facade at the front goes up and they build everything else in there. And then we must have a team of six or seven, which is creative. And their job is to make it look really pretty when you go in there that there's things hanging everywhere and there's balloons and everything is just like, oh my God, you know, there's so many things that people never see. Like if I said to you, okay, you've been in there, right? So if I listed the things that, did you see the lighthouse? I remember the lighthouse in the corner. I remember the DeLorean that I seem to always see there. There's <laughs> yeah. in the middle. Yeah. There's, I remember the bar. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a photo booth. Yeah, them. yeah. And a glitter station for the girlies and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's loads of things, but there's also, you know, I, I know people, friends of mine that have gone in and go, I didn't even realise you had a drawing in there like five years in a row. And you're like, yeah, people see different things. And I think our aim with our creative thing is to set it up. So when you go in there, you know, people say, oh, I didn't realise you had palm trees. Well, there's 57 palm trees in there, you know? <laughs> You know, so like, you know, people see different things and, you know, that's cool. But we, we would just want to fill that space. What I didn't want to create or any of us didn't want to create is um, an empty space with just a stage in it. And we've all been to festivals where you've gone there and there's an empty space and just a, a, a stage there and a band's trying to rock it out. But, you know, that thing that we create, we sort of pass it on to the bands as well by saying, look, Dress up, have fun. This is not a serious tent, you know. If you're D if you were to DJ in there, I wouldn't be expecting you to come down and and do the the coolest um, house set ever in the world because that's not what the people want. Like yourself, when you go in there, you just want to party and have a great time, and, yeah, yeah. and that's what we that's what we're trying to do. That's what we achieve. So 
you know, we've had some great DJs in there. Ross Cuban, a very good friend of ours and very good friends of theirs. Um, you know, he comes in there, comes on with a wig on and plays some great tunes. You know, he, a great DJ. But, you know, he could, he could be DJing anywhere and I'm sure he has a DJ in in places like that. Um, but it's just not a very serious tent. So, I mean, after the creative team comes in and does their wizardry, we've probably got five or six AL girls that buggy all the DJs and um, all the bands around site. And then you've got the head of state, which is me and Ayers and Jabs that are at the top and making all the decisions. And it is just firefighting, really, all the time. Whatever whatever festival we're at, that's what we do. We, you know, you have to think on the spot and get it done. Luckily, we are DJs, so when a band doesn't turn up or they're 20 minutes late or they've missed a ferry, we just fill in. <laughs> All right. I was going, you know, that brings me on to some of the minefields that you, you know, you have to navigate. So is it uh, reliability of artists? I mean, what, what are your top three minefields? Uh, I think it's just logistically, really. There isn't really that many minefields with Isle of Wight. Um, it's a it's a massive massive beast and and it's well oiled you know it's been it's been there for many many years before we started and and it is great the way they set it all up and everything is absolutely fantastic i just think that you know you're always going to get an artist that doesn't read it and you're supposed to be here two hours before and you know i'm not trying to be like an airport or anything i'm just saying because if you get one ferry that breaks down or you can't get on that ferry then you're short for time. And as you know, trying to get into, you know, Isle of Wight Festival, 30 to 60,000 people all come in at once on the Isle of Wight, which, you know, is tiny. It's uh, it's hard to get around. And we, we can't, you know, I can't put blue lights on or anything and get them to the stage any quicker. If they don't get there, they don't get there. And, you know, they miss their slot as such. So, so I'm... I mean, oh. Yeah, go on. No, no, sorry, I was going to, I thought you finished, I was going to go on to the next one, but go. No, 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 I was just going to say, like, you know, there's, it's such a, it's such a well-oiled machine that we've come in at the right time at uh, Isle of Wight, you know, we don't have any difficulties, we, they've got an amazing AL team and an amazing situation, a setup where you get your artist band and everything else like that, there isn't any problems there, it just is just the ferry, really, if somebody misses that ferry, then, yeah, there's lots of, a lot of bands and a lot of DJs and stuff that are touring, so they're not going to stay all day. Uh, they're in and out, so that's that's the main problem is the ferry, really. I've got two more questions on Electro Love before we move on to some of the other great stuff you do. So, okay. first of all, for those that aren't me and mm-hmm. uh, on a regular, tell tell us a little bit more about what you would expect to see when you go into Electro Love. So. We were briefly talked about some of the visual things that you can see when you go in there, but in terms of uh, a night, and uh, I can remember seeing some drag artists and all sorts. I mean, what well, if if I was going to tip up about half past six at night? What, what sort of a typical evening would look like? It's it's such a hard one to do. I mean, you probably if you're tipping up at half six, you might see a tribute band to. I don't know. I can I can probably give you an exclusive this year because I can't give you any um, Isle of Wight things this year because um, obviously my lineup for Isle of Wight is not out yet. But I don't know if you were to tip up at half six, say on a Thursday, you might see something like a tribute to the Beastie Boys, um, and then followed by I don't know a Meatloaf tribute or something like that, and then some verses with some DJs doing like Michael Jackson versus Tiffany or something like that. Um, 
And then later on, yeah, it does get a little bit like that. We've got Twisted Takeover. And Twisted Takeover are um, pole dancers and uh, yeah, drag queens and all sorts of... You're laughing like you, you, you just remembered them. No, I, I do. I, all I can see, see in my mind's eye is red outfits and, you know... Yeah, yeah. and then it, it does. It just gets a little bit, like, naughtier by the night, I guess you can say. Um, and by and by midnight, we're into a full-blown dancing girls on the stage bubble party um, with a scratch DJ on there. Sometimes me walking around trying to get the crowd going, and not that you really need it at Electra Love. I mean, and it's probably one in, one out, and with a forty-minute queue. Yeah. See, I, I'm asking you these questions, Damien, and I'm laughing because I'm like. I remember it. It's it's like I was there yesterday, you know. And when we're talking certain parts of it, it's just it just makes me feel so young. Particularly the Prince tribute that I think he did a couple of years ago. I was just like that was so on point. Um, yeah, yeah, really yeah. emotional. If anything, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're lucky. We're lucky in the way that you know, obviously, we are. If not the third biggest stage, you know, the fourth definitely. But I wouldn't probably put as the third biggest stage now at Isle of Wight um, and it is nice to be able to put a tribute on that and we all know their tributes you know but like I still think you get that feeling in Electra Love that it's like you know everyone's singing everyone having a great time and yeah the Prince thing I do remember Prince doing Purple Rain and it was really really you know you knew he was a tribute but even so he captured the audience there and they're really crazy. Good. So, yeah really really great audience and you know the whole team's behind it and stuff like that. And then we go straight into that and we might go into um, pole dancing, you know? That's the way it goes. So I was going to ask you about, uh, I remember when we were chatting last week, we were talking about your lineup that's getting released and uh, you just alluded to the fact that it isn't live yet. So I'll just come back to that uh, uh, later day. Uh, moving away from Electra Love, you know, you're involved in some other great uh, events, and one of them that you spoke to me about being the uh, the Great Wonder Fest. I mean, what, what sort of a festival is that in comparison? Yeah, um, it's 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 for families really. Um, it's a, a, a long weekend on the Isle of Wight, first to the fourth of August. Our our lineup. Um, Went out, I don't know, an hour ago, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Oh, is um, this the one you can tell me about then? Yeah, I can tell you about this one. Yeah, so the lineup's gone out, and um, we're kind of look, looking at things like the Vamps, um, Busted, Sigma, Example, Bez is going to be there from the Happy Mondays, um, Jag Skills. Um, dub pistols, uh, yeah, a great, a great overall um, family vibe, really. Yeah, really, oh God, really good. I was just writing all of those down. I was like, oh my god, I want to see all of these. Yeah, yeah, Jag skills, amazing. Um, dub pistols, awesome. Uh, Sigma will be great, and and you know, like even though you know, a lot of people would say, um, you know, which one would you want to have the selfie to? You know, because a lot of people ask me that question. They say, oh god, I, I'm not really that kind of person. I don't really get into that, but. I do love a bit of busted. <laughs> you know what? I just wrote that down. I was like, yeah, I, I got mine with the vamps. Uh, seen Sigma. Yeah, busted would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also as well, from a, from another point of view, uh, fight staff band. So do you know about fight staff? 
No? So Fightstar is the band that he would... So he was in Busted, right, yeah? Charlie, the lead singer. Yeah. He went off to do a really, really heavy rock band and try and make it in that from scratch. And he got really... He, his biggest selling song was called Floods. You should check it out. It's very piano-y. But it's really weird to listen to because you listen to a really heavy rock band, yeah, but with a busted sound to it. Awesome. Really oh, good. Nice. They call Fightstar. So then... He got offered a, a million pound contract to go back with uh, Busted and who would turn that sort of money down and, and went back with Busted. But yeah, I'm, I'm a massive fight star fan. So uh, I like a bit of rocky stuff like that. So yeah, I'm a bit. Well, that's why I'll be getting with my, uh, my selfie and there with my fight star t shirt on. All right, so I wrote all this down. So that, that just, just to recap then, Wonderfest, Isla White, uh, beginning of August, yeah? Yeah, August 1, 2, 3, 4. And hosted by the legends that are Dick and Dom. Bogies, yeah. Do you remember it, Bogies? Yeah, 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 I know. I was just playing it to the kids and they'd, they'd not ever really seen it before. And I was trying to explain the concept. So you go into a library and you just say Bogies really quietly and you have to get louder and louder, like a 1.3 or 1. Playing it to the kids and they were like, yeah, yeah, this would be great fun. Literally teasing me, I was thinking about. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they're going to do that on stage. But it'd be great if we all shouted bogeys together, all thousands of us. Cool. I, I've got to be there. What else? Yeah, definitely, definitely. What definitely. else have I got? So other projects that you're involved in. So I mean, it's with, with those two that you just talked about and the teams that are involved. I'm just kind of interested. What else somebody like you does? Well, I, I, don't, I don't have much time at the moment to do music production and stuff like that. Um, last year, we, um, me and the team, Ez uh, and Jabs, did a t we did a Isle of Wight Pride. So we did the Pride for two years on the Isle of Wight. Um, we've, we've, we've done, we do other little festivals too. Like for many years, um, we've also done something on the beach called Pirate. I think it was called Shipwreck Isle, not Pirate Island. Shipwreck Isle. And it was just like a little pirate festival on the beach on the island. It was great. Uh, we've done we've done we've done quite a few little things like that. But obviously our big ones are um, Isle of Wight and, and now um, Wonderfest. But obviously for six, seven, eight years we ran V Dub Island as well, which is a, a V Dub show. Um, Five thousand people used to come down to the island in their uh, V Dub campers and drive around the island. And then we'd have a massive drive out. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's really where our roots were sown, really. You know, we had a thousand or two thousand or three thousand people come in, and then we had to learn the ropes as in festivals. So, um, yeah, V Dub was brilliant. V Dub Island, yeah, absolutely. We learned, we learned our trade there. Do you, uh, do you actively promote? I know it's a bit of a loaded question because I kind of know the answer. Uh, do you actively promote local talent? You know, because uh, last year I think I mentioned to you that you know we met the Kevin Seventeen lot, you know, yeah. and Mark in particular, and you know that it seems to be a bit of a island vibe. You know that you're all one family, and you know you support each other, and that was quite endearing when you know, like Tracy was mentioning it. So I mean, in terms of Isle of Wight, do you, do you support local artists all the time? Absolutely. I mean. They're great. I mean, the one thing that's a bit difficult to do with um, Electrolove, I mean, obviously my, my inbox and, 
and Ayrs' inbox is full of um, bands that want to play. But obviously, Electrolove, we have to say, look, it's got to be in the remit of 80s and 90s. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. And also, we want you to dress up and we don't want you to take it seriously. And some bands and some bands are going to go, look, we're too cool for that. Do you know what I mean? We're a, we're a 19-year-old sort of like cool band trying to do the... Um, you know, sort of a new record deal out, and that's not for them. But yeah, obviously, over the years at, at VW, we've had all sorts of bands, great ones. We used to have a little calf um, called Grace's Calf at VW, and it was all acoustic. Amazing. There's some brilliant artists that have gone through there that are in the South Coast or in colleges on the South Coast or College on the Island. We work with Platform One which is um, the music college on the island. And I think you'll see when you, when you see our lineup go out for Electrolove, we, we've always got a space. I think they always start Saturday off at 11, which is Platform One competition winner. We set a competition up, local um, club, and then all the team goes down and votes which one we like the best and they get to perform at Electrolove. Um, oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. We're, we're really into that. We're really into that. Um, I we, think it's good that you give back. You know, it's it's quite it's quite quite nice to to hear actually. Oh well, when we when we first started though, at Electrolove, and we had this little marquee tent, we didn't really have a lot of choice. We had to go to local bands to say, look, we haven't got a lot of money, and this is our concept and this is our idea. There's one band that was. Um, well, there's probably not one band, there's probably more than one band, but one band I can definitely remember, which is the ACDC band. Uh, they've been with us from year one. Um, you know, we, we went up to them and said to them, hey, can you can you be a rock band and do some ACDC and dress up? And from that moment, they've done that. And now they're in a really, really successful Foo Fighters. They've got the lead singers in a, a Foo Fighters tribute band and they're, they're smashing it, you know, just from doing that. I don't think we had a great deal of tribute on the island that was in that 80s and 90s era. I think that's massively changed because of Electrolove. Um, people do want to play there and it's a great place to play. Who wouldn't want to play there? It's awesome. I'd love to DJ there. You know, if I wasn't involved in it, I'd love to play in it. It yeah. looks like a party tent, you know? So a DJ related question, particularly for my own development and a bit of advice. So as a rebranded disco house DJ, uh, what sort of festivals would you recommend me targeting? Just to... Uh, to get the exposure and the, the playing, I think there's there's so many on the south coast um, that are really into that sort of house vibe, sound clash um, that was that used to be sound clash. But there's there's things like is it South Central now? That looks like a great festival that there would be the places to play. You know the kind of um, little tent in the corner that's just playing house all day. That kind of thing. Um, which is perfect for that. I mean, South Central looks really good. Uh, there's other ones. There are there are places at Isle of Wight Festival as well. I mean, Cirque de the Quirk is um, obviously one of those places, as you well know as well, which is a great, you know, it's completely different to us, but it's just so out there and quirky. But yeah, the, the music they play is house, you know. They do play yeah, a lot. Yeah, I'm a big drum and bass fan, so... Yeah, I mean, that Search of the Quirk's all about that as well, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I know you've interviewed Molly as well, and, you know, what a great person she is, and they're great, and they've got an amazing concept down there, and it's absolutely fantastic what they do. I, 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 you know, I'm getting the feeling that there is a, a good Isle of Wight family, you know, 
you know, I'm still mid-interview with you, but you know, what's resonating is that it's that the enjoyment, it doesn't seem like it's a chore. It's, it's more of a, do you know, actually this, we're a family and this is what we do and we have fun and, we, you know, we, we like sharing it with people and it's yeah. really good, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, work, we work really well with um, Hip Shaker. We work really well with um, Cirque de la Quirk. We work well with everybody. I mean, there's a lot of, sometimes you read it, you read it online and stuff that people like, you know, well, why isn't Hip Shaker there? Because Electra Love's there. And why is Electra Love should be there? And that was in backwards and forwards. But, you know, underneath all that, we all talk to each other. You know, it's only what people are saying on on Facebook, we're all friendly and great and get on really well. You know, we help Molly out, Molly helps us out. Some of the acts and stuff that we put on, and people have come via Molly, or you know, she's, she's told us that aerial artists and stuff like that. I mean, she hasn't got a, a big enough um, area as much as we have in the fact that it's all wooded and you know, do you know what I mean? It's not like one sort of like tented area. But um, yeah, I mean, everyone works really well together. Everyone's great. I mean, the team at Isle of Wight Festival is awesome. Yeah, Dave Steele, uh, John, everyone. Brilliant. Absolutely amazing. Now we're coming on to some of the, the more you questions. So either hypothetically, and I say hypothetically, booked you a table at the Ivy in London, and you have three guests yeah. that you're allowed to take with you. Who are they yeah. and why? Okay, well, I've thought about this one because this is one of the hard ones to talk about, right? So I'm going to have to up it to four guests, right, before we start. I can't do three. I know, well, mate, I'll chip in. It's fine, don't worry. Um, And I would honestly, honestly take um, Ez, my business partner, and just overall bestest mate. I would take my other best mate, Jabs. I would take my DJ to the stars and other best mate, Reno, and I'd take my brother. Um, those guys have been there all the time when we're doing events and events is a really, really, really hard sort of thing when you, you know, we've got, I've got a young family and they have two and, you know, we, we're all chipping, we're all, we're all good together and, you know, help each other out. And I think they realize that it's not easy in the summer and stuff like that. But like, if I could treat them to anything, I think I'd just treat them to that to say thanks for helping out guys because they are always there, you know. I am never gonna get the answers that I think I'm gonna get. I, yeah, I, I thought I knew what you would be thinking. I knew you'd think I'd, you thought I'd just get like three DJs, didn't you? I, do you know what? When when I asked this, I've asked this question to somebody else who runs a a online radio show, and I was like, right, okay, he's gonna pick someone obscure, you know, from dance music, and I was like, right, and he did exactly what you did, mate. You went, I want the best mates there. I want the people that have supported me, the people that have given me their all. And I'm giving back. And I was like, oh, oh, pass me the Kleenex. Because it was just like, do you know what? That's what it's about. You know, it's yeah, about- I just think I just think that, you know, like our, our mates go above and beyond. Like, for instance, like Reno, who tirelessly plays 20 minutes between all the bands that are setting up in there. And he gets that party going before each band. You know, originally in the day, we just had an iPod in the corner and it just wasn't working. So we hired Reno to come in. Best mate said, mate, play some 80s. And he loved it. And from that day, you know, he's in there all the time in that lighthouse, just playing and getting everybody going, you know. And they don't they don't ask for anything. They're just mates that just do it because they love Electrolove. So there's tons of them. And there's so many people I could mention to come on that list. You'd be broke. I'm, I'm going to drop one of the questions because I've only got two left. And I'm going to ask you, who's Jakey Chan? 
Oh, say say again, say again. Who's actually Jakey Chan? Jakey Chan is not me. No, it's not me. Is it not? Oh. Jakey Chan is great. He's a scratch DJ that comes on. No, no, not me. I'm not ginger. Jakey Chan is ginger. <laughs> okay, so we've uh, lost Damien. I've, I've managed to have a quick chat to him on the phone and uh, thank him for his time. You can catch Damien and all the team at the Isle of Wight Festival this summer. Uh, you know, the Isle of Wight Festival is the first weekend in June. Alternatively, you can go to the Wonderfest. Great bunch of guys. You know, I, I've been going for quite a few years now and, uh, it, you know, it never ceases to amaze me at how much effort these, these guys put in. And uh, if you remember back to one of the earlier earlier podcasts I did with Molly McQueen, uh, who runs a certain uh, quirk stage, which is adjacent to the Electra Love area. You know, this is just such an immense festival to go to. And anyone who's a, a budding DJ producer, you, you need to get involved in festivals because, you know, you've just listened uh, to, to one of the key players for the Isle of Wight Festival and uh, with his team and, you know, all the people that he mentioned, they, they, they give you an experience, you know, this, this is just literally what it's about. So, you know, it's much different to uh, playing in clubs. So that's the end of the interview. Now I'm going to play you out with a great track by Fightstar. You've got to dance like there's no one watching. Love like you'll never be hurt. Sing like there's nobody listening. And live like it's heaven on earth.
You can follow Olam on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and listen on SoundCloud, Mixcloud and iTunes. Tune in for more mixes, playlists, podcasts and this eagerly awaited track. Thank you.